Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's message was given by First Pres Interim Senior Pastor, Reverend Dr. Tassie Green. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55 which you will find in the New Testament section of our Pew Bibles beginning on page 53 or on screen. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. After the angel Gabriel told the Virgin Mary that she would bear a child who is son of God and that Mary's relative Elizabeth had also miraculously conceived a son, Mary hastened to meet Elizabeth. On their meeting, Elizabeth declared that Mary, as mother of our Lord, is blessed among women. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How many of you feel like you know the Christmas story? like as well as you know one of your good friends. How many of you have had some symbols or some Advent people, as my kids called them, the manger people? How many of you have a creche or you have the figures in your house? This is a child-friendly one from our Sunday school room. Well, today we want to look at the story anew to try to see what else we can learn from Mary. Mary has been visited by the angel Gabriel, and we'll look at it also through art and through words from around the world. Mary has been visited by this angel Gabriel. She has found favor with God, he tells her. Gabriel explains God's big plan for a child to be born to her through the Holy Spirit, a child who will save his people. And she responds, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled, she says. Now, if I try to imagine it, I bet that Mary's emotions have run a wild course, racing from fear to confusion to wonder. Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth to process all this, to share the big news of her pregnancy. And Mary's emotions over time transform to amazement, to joy. Mary's deepest inner person, her soul, is flooded with joy and delight in this passage. She directs all of her worship upwards to God. Why? 
because the God of the universe, who alone is worthy of worship, has seen Mary. It's mind-boggling to her. And if we pause to think about it, it's mind-boggling to us. As we remember the story, Mary is pregnant, out of wedlock. She's hiding with her cousin in this backwater hill town, which is currently occupied by a foreign power. She is living in obscurity. And yet the story could be so familiar. It fits, it's relevant to our experience today. She has no reason, we might think, to be beside herself with joy, and especially towards God. The scriptures use lofty words, of, tells us she is of humble estate, and otherwise, she's an ordinary person. Here she is, flooded with joy, overflowing with gratitude, so much that she bursts into this song as her spirit soars. We've come to call this passage the Magnificat. Why is she so filled with joy? Because God sees her. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. When you know that God sees you in your deep inner person, your soul is touched, you can't help but worship fully. You can say things like Mary said, from now on, from this moment on, people will call me blessed. Holy is his name. Our soul's deepest longing is to be known, to be seen. There's something validating about when people see us, when people know who we are, when we're acknowledged. The hidden question many of us are asking is, does someone see my life? Does my life matter? We talked about those questions that teenagers are dealing with of identity, meaning, and purpose. But we all have these same questions, and they're right here in Scripture. I think of a time when I was on a playground with a kid and their mom. The kid was doing antics and shouting out, Mom, watch me! Mom, watch me! Over and over. And finally he said, Mom, look at me with both eyes. <laughs> we all want someone to look at us with both eyes, don't we? We long to be seen. It's funny, but it doesn't go away as we grow up. And in, t in today's culture of celebrity, with 24-7 tweets and pictures of stars, it feeds our own desire to see others and then to wish that we would be seen too. Even if sometimes we think they show us too much, we might think these people are seen by millions, so they must matter. And therefore, it takes our being seen or followed to matter. I need to be seen to feel that I matter. Sometimes we say to ourselves, of course, we blame our kids for becoming obsessed with social media, how many views and likes they get on a post or Snapchat. But it's not just kids. We post a picture, we get instant feedback, our brains feel better because of brain chemistry. We look for the likes or the comments. We begin to seek it out, and it matters to us, especially when so often during the week, 
or the day, we might feel alone or lost in a crowd. How much of your time is spent alone? For some of you, you would say, not enough. For some of us, it's too much. What about how much time do we spend with people that we feel aren't truly paying attention or perhaps don't truly value us? Maybe you work in a job where you feel like you are a cog in a machine or they could replace you with someone else to crunch that number or to teach that child or to do their part, to send that email, to pour that drink. I think kids feel that way in school. Some kids can manage to slip through a whole day without actually speaking or being spoken to one-on-one -on -one directly by an adult who notices them and encourages them. Very quickly, we can start to feel unnoticed, alone, isolated, insignificant. If you think about the word that was introduced into our vocabulary, a decade or more ago, that caught on like wildfire, this word, selfie. You know what a selfie is, right? And it's kind of funny when you actually think about it. Taking a picture of yourself to send to people who already know what you look like, but to show them perhaps some different background or something great. It's a picture of your own face sent out into the world. It speaks volumes about our desire to be seen, to be noticed. It spills out of us. I actually loved it that in the show Ted Lasso, there's a character who always takes ussies. It's not just pictures of me, it's pictures of us. That's one step better. It's important to be seen, to be known. It's one of our deepest needs. It's no small thing. To be seen and known by God is perhaps what our soul longs for, ultimately. So when you listen to Mary's song, it's striking. Her joy comes from knowing that God sees her in her ordinariness, in her humility, in her lowliness, yet in her willingness to be used. God sees her not because of her looks, her intellect, her charm, her status, her importance. God looks and sees her ordinariness right where she is. And the result is that her soul feels this innate relief of being seen by God, and it's enough. It fills her soul. She bursts into worship. It overflows from her heart. After she sees and experiences this on her own, as she begins her song, she says this, this mercy is for all, all those who fear God, who trust in God. And then she says even more, this mercy of being seen and known is actually for each and every generation. This is what God promises for those who wait for God, who trust in God. She says, this mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. She connects her story to the larger story of what God is doing. God has remembered her. God has remembered God's people. His gaze is on those who are lowly, poor, hurting. We hear over and over that God cares for the widow, the orphan, the stranger, those who are most vulnerable. He lifts them up. 
And then her song also says that the proud, the seen, the important people of the world, those who might trample the rest, will be brought low someday. This is the story of Christmas, that God has seen us and sees those who are in need. That's why we as a church have chosen to celebrate this Christmas, this year, by worshiping fully the God who sees and loves us. That's the first tenet of Advent conspiracy, to make time, to set aside time to worship fully God. That's why we're focusing intentionally on seeing and loving those that are in need around us and around the world also. You'll hear more about that in the weeks to come, including missions opportunity to care for those right now in our local area, Chicago area, who are asylum seekers, will partner with World Relief. This Advent, the invitation to you is not to run from your ordinariness, your isolation, your feelings of insignificance, or your need, but instead to lean into them. Lean into your life and know that God looks upon the humble and the obscure and invites each of us into God's great story. Lean into your ordinary life and find a God who sees. This is good news. God sees you. You are not obscure. You're not unseen. Your life matters. Let your spirit rejoice with Mary in God. Like Mary, worship fully our God who sees. Now, maybe you're saying, well, I'm not Mary. Of course I'm not Mary. She's pretty cool. God chose her to be his, father, his mother. God didn't chose me in that way. In the end, Christmas is really about that incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. God sees humanity. God becomes one of us. God chooses to see what we see, to experience what we experience. God, the center, the creator of all things past and present and things to come, decided to enter into our human life, to be part of it some 2,000 years ago so that we would know our significance. It's no small thing to be human. God became one with us as Emmanuel. God's saying, being human, being alive is important, significant, important enough that I, God, would become human, become alive in human flesh. So this invitation during Advent is to look more closely at God's arrival and to wait like Mary for the God who sees and breathes meaning and significance into our lives. To look for him alone whose acknowledgement brings life and then to worship fully. As a church, this is our desire this Christmas, to tell the story to one another and to those in our neighborhoods of a God who sees us, who sees the world, who loves us, and to celebrate that story by following God's lead giving ourselves in worship and service to God and to one another. That's why this Christmas we want to worship fully, spend less, give more, and love all, the tenets of Advent conspiracy. So how do we worship fully? 
Well, you might set aside time each day to step out of the holiday rush, out of the busyness, and seek God, to learn who Jesus is according to Scripture, to take a tour through the beginnings that you see in Matthew and in Luke and in John especially. Emmanuel, God with us. And then to take time like Mary did, to praise God, to thank God, to give our worship to the God who sees us and loves us. And then take that next step to love God fully with our lives. In prayer, we dialogue dialogue with God about what God sees in us and our world and what God wants to see in his kingdom come what God wants us to do individually and as a faith community. And then when we look and see our neighbors, our neighborhood with fresh eyes, we can see what God is calling us to do next in God's name, whether it's small or whether it's large. My boss at World Vision used to say, to let our hearts be broken by the things that break God's heart. That takes seeing Sometimes that takes stillness. And then to take action, to move beyond our own brokenness, what we think is our insignificance, and let the power of the Holy Spirit work in and through us. So this passage tells us it's okay if we feel ordinary, insignificant, alone. Mary's song is an invitation to remain in that humble, ordinary place, to trust that God is with you, forgiving, loving, calling you by name, inviting you, too, into God's greater story. Not only has God seen us, but God has given us God's own life in Jesus Christ. And we remember that this morning as we come together to this table. We remember that Jesus gave his life for us. And we will celebrate that together in just a few moments. So I invite you to come and remember, come and worship our God who came in human flesh to bring us significance and life again. This Advent season, worship fully the God who sees you and loves you. Amen.